Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft, and we're back in Cincinnati. Uh, the last two weeks have been uh, somewhere else, and uh, that's okay, but we, we sometimes need to get back home and, and dial things back into what, uh, uh, what we really love about um, uh, beer, and that's Cincinnati beer. So I'm glad to be back here um, at Streetside. We will uh, we'll run around and we'll introduce everybody in just a second. But um, how do we keep managing to book uh, these morning brewcasts with beers that are like really high ABV? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like some kind of long-term play for Garrett to just mess with me every time we do a show from now on. Because <laughs> that's all we make. <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks, um, you are one of the... Uh, uh, one of the most frequent guests on the show. I didn't look at the number ahead of time, but um, you are definitely part of uh, the elite uh, guest club. Uh, you get a, a jacket at some point yep. in the mail, but uh, <laughs> welcome back. As we do this every time too. Right. We talk about how many times I've been on the show. It's been a lot. It's been a lot for someone who, I don't know, doesn't have, I guess I do have opinions every time, but it's probably you, you've because. Definitely, you have had some of the opinions that have, uh, uh, gotten me more of the grumpy emails from other people than, than other places. Well, <laughs> I think I told him last time what to do with that. So. Uh, welcome back to the show. Um, guys, let's start over here. Introduce yourselves because we have two new voices on the show too. Uh, I'm Andy Sohoza. I'm the creative director here at Streetside Brewery. Can you get real close to the mic for me. Sorry. Uh, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, creative director. So you do all of the, uh, the artwork for all of these labels that... Uh, yeah. Um, that people love or hate. Do they hate him? I, no. I mean, I'm so no. not privy that was, to that. That was one of the conversations <laughs> with Garrett. Like either, uh, I don't know if it was the last time. It was the last time. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, I don't remember. Weird. No, it was two times ago. Two times ago that I think. Intellectual no. property stuff. Yeah. Uh, less said the better. Somebody said something on a different episode and then we <laughs> talked something like yeah. that. I don't know. Um, welcome. Welcome to the show. We, we won't we won't pester you with any intellectual property questions and get no, people no, I mean, fired up. <laughs> that's what he's here for. <laughs> and I'm John Ewers. I'm the head brewer here. Uh, and uh, people definitely uh, are aware of you around town. I think we're going to have a couple fun questions about uh, um, this uh, this event that we are we're, we're talking about Sounds today. Um, why are we here? What's in front of me? Uh, this is our speak of the devil. Uh, the one we're going to be drinking first will just be the base, so we can uh, just see what the base tastes like and get an idea of where the beer starts at. Okay. So, beer, beer style. Let's start there. Okay. Yeah. Not everyone knows this beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's a... We've released the, we've released the, uh, the Snowball version, Unbarrel Age. Uh, this is... Uh, we brewed this. This was like John's first brew... Uh, his recipe on his own last year. Um, it was aged in. Uh, this one is New Riff. Okay, so we've got a bunch of New Riff barrels, some Maple Bliss barrels or Bliss Maple barrels, um, and I think that's nothing else. It was just uh, we have some uh, New Riff Rye as well. Yeah, New Riff Rye. Ooh. So uh, we put last year's batch of Speak of the Devil all in barrels last, uh, like whatever, early early April last yeah. year, um, and we are now releasing it and it's because it's a it's a big event and it's a beer to be celebrated we are doing a whole day for it how many different uh variants are we talking about for this uh, there'll be day? seven variants all, to, all together so i mean it's a it's a full-on celebration i mean in the same way that uh, uh demogorgon is yep. in the same way that mm -hmm. at other places you know there's there's other big imperial stouts and things around town that kind of get these days where people 
um, look forward to them and, and show up to, to celebrate a, a beer. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah, one yeah. of those things that um, I love about craft beer is that that we'll call it an excuse to show up at a, at a tap room and hang out with your friends and uh, try a bunch of different things, buy a bunch of different things that you're going to, uh, you know, share with other people or throw in the cellar, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it, it, it's what I love about uh, local beer is some of those events. So um, I'm excited to try it. Let's uh, let me, let's dive in right off, right off the bat and uh, try the, uh, the base. So that you said this new riff, just new riff, uh, single barrel, single bourbon. barrel bourbon aged for about 12 months. Hey, what's this? Was this the one that was the bourbon groups? This is a just okay uh, bourbon group pick. Just okay bourbon? Yep. It's not just okay bourbon. It's just okay bourbon group. Yes. This is good. So I'm from the base. I just get a lot of chocolate. There's a good amount of booze from the barrel. Nice, thick base. And you'll see throughout the whole, like, gambit of them there's chocolate notes in all of them that just drive from the base yeah that's a uh chocolate but like in a in more of a uh a sweeter chocolate um uh expression than yeah. than some of the other kind of roasty yeah not roasty or chocolate. bitter or anything like that just got a little sweet it's a Finish. it's a breakfast beer guys oh for sure <laughs> <laughs> for for you know more ways than one um how does something like this different than Demogorgon, because I, you guys have this whole holiday around Demogorgon in the fall. You've got this happening in the spring. What are the two personalities of those beers, and how do they uh, complement or contrast each other? I'll say this is a thicker, bigger version of Demo. It's got some of the same notes, but the viscosity is definitely it's much more viscous than uh, Demo, and just some uh, more like deeper chocolate, vanilla notes in there just from the base itself. Is is Demogorgon more of like a, uh, and this is just my kind of the way I look at the, the two different beers. Demogorgon to me seems like more of kind of a classical, uh, what we we know of kind of an imperial stout, and this is more of this modern thing that we're starting to see that this would go kind of go nuts. Over. Lean into like the pastry ish, but like I wanted to give them the base so they could see like it's not all pastry; it has good backbone into it, right. and it's not just around the ad- adjuncts. The beer by itself can stand out on its own. Well, and that's you know that's maybe something that. I've said, I don't know if I've said it on the air, but I've definitely said to some of my friends about some pastry stouts or some of these big kind of, um, you know, milkshake, New England uh, things that are out there in the market that the beer itself isn't always that great. And sometimes I think that's why some breweries lean into it because it's real easy to throw a bunch of candy bars at something and make it taste I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like putting candy bars in my beers. People probably know that, but but yeah. But I like this idea of being able to see the beer and say, well, this is a beer, yeah. but maybe we're going to throw some candy bars on this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, how does this, how does this celebration in, in your guys' minds, how does it fit into uh, the other Cincinnati beer holidays around um, big kind of stouts like this? I mean, I think the, I think it's our hope um, to make this, to have this just like, we have Speak of the Devil Day in the spring because that's when John started, and it just turns out that that's that's when we're gonna we're gonna release these beers, and then we're gonna have Demo Day around Halloween every year, and we'll just have two of these two of these every year from now until whenever. What do you What do you guys do when you start thinking about putting out a a series of beers like this? 
what do you take away from what other people are doing to maybe do differently? Or what are the things that you see other people doing? Like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is what makes kind of this stuff fun. So I think one of the first things that we do, or at least like write the recipes for sure. But I think one of the big things is Andy and I get started on labels. And that's mostly me telling Andy a general idea of what I think think I want the label to be. And I only remember what we said. What do you remember what we said? I don't even remember where we started with Speak of the Devil. It was gonna be a a devil on the phone. Was like literally that was the backup. (laughs) Usually that's what it is. We have I'll come up with a backup and then we'll shoot for something better. So uh and then (laughs) so like what we did, I mean I I don't know that everyone like the the movie that this label is based on is is pretty pretty obscure. Inspired by inspired by what I say. (laughs) I don't remember what I said. Uh, but it's, I don't even, I mean, devils and it, goats go way back. I right. Mean, there's a, is it, is there's a, a rich history of devils and goats. Is the, is the witch, the it, witch, I, it, is it, it Robert Eggers movie? Uh, is that who directed that? I don't, I don't know. know. So it, it's it loosely yeah. based on the witch. Yeah. Loosely, but very loosely. Are all of the, and I don't know how many are of these hit packaging versus Robert draft Eggers. only, um, are all of the speak of the devil, um, labels kind of movie inspired horror movie inspired like that is that is that kind of the direction of it no we uh we did the can for snowball right. um and as we did the bottles it just it became variations of that so there's a there's a couple movie inspired ones in there uh but otherwise it was just how do we vary it right and it's kind of like demogorgon uh, this is a little less cutesy like demogorgon we hit these Great Demogorgon's range not of tone. always cutesy. No, no, but <laughs> no, we're tr- we're trying to bounce back and forth with that. Right. Uh, this was kept a little more here straightforward. Yeah, this is good for a this is good for a uh, audio medium. But I'm showing <laughs> I'm showing the labels here. So yeah, there's okay. and they you know try to stick to so same, something about the same basic theme yeah, with yeah. each one. Just the yeah. Uh, so the format doesn't change the. I like that a lot, actually. That's fun. Those are fat vanilla beans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then from there, uh, after after we kind of picked the variants, we let Andy know the variants, and then he gets to work on labels, and then basically from there, we get to work on doing everything for the barrels. So I think John John is antsy to taste the next beer, I think. Oh, no. Just... <laughs> I know if I drink 15% stout all day, not much work will get done. Yeah, this is going to be a slow day. I, um, how long does it take to, to, to do a label typically for you? Oh, geez. Garrett would might Jesus track Christ. that better than I do. <laughs> way too long. Is guarantee he's tracking that. No. Not always. Not, not off the top of my head, but it's always way too long for what I want. Um, I don't know. It's but it's, it's better I than norm- we expect. I normally I normally expect Andy to take about three to four weeks, depending on the complexity I'm asking for. So if you're thinking about uh, cereal milk, I feel like cereal milk took like six weeks. Uh, <laughs> but I think the average. I'm trying to think of another one. Like Team the Demons, the more collab that we just did was much shorter. Right. right. Uh, is that does that make it? So I don't know how many places put the, I mean, they're not, not that nobody does. There are other places that put time and attention into their labels the way you guys do here, but that makes it a little harder on the, um, on the adjunct side. I know a lot of places will wait until uh, very late in the process to decide what 
those variants are going to be on a stout. And that doesn't leave a lot of time to then spend on that creative process. No, of, that's what we do here, it seems to me. Because <laughs> I'm find, always finding out, like, we can never, like, get ahead, really, like, too far. Sometimes it's lack of communication is the, is the biggest <laughs> issue that we have. Uh, but I think John and I had decided, or John had decided pretty early on, like, what he wanted to do. Um, I think we were, some of it was writing descriptions takes a long time. Um, we have to get it, we want to get it alkalized. So we have to, we, we take it all over to New Riff and they alkalize it for us. Um, so getting ABVs takes time. And Al that, alkalize, is that where you zap it and it tells you what the alcohol is? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know the actual process, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> seems that's, like that's zapping. It was yeah, they, they, <laughs> they send me a, they send me a, a screen. And it says how much alcohol is in it, and that's all I get. So it's a screen from the I, alcohol zapper. Yeah, we uh, we appreciate them doing that because it makes life a lot easier than trying to do math and maybe being right, maybe being wrong. Right. How much does one of those things cost? Do you know, uh, uh, more than we could afford. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, they are expensive. I've, I, and I've heard all the people that that do end up going, you know, to 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 get that done. They're you know leaning into those bigger places that are able right. to. Right. Yeah. It's nice. Know, it's nice that. It. Places in town have it because sometimes you don't get that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they don't mind getting, uh, you know, a growler of beer, and they don't know. Oh, it's a little oh, bit more than a growler. It's more than a growler because I want them to be happy. Well, if they're yeah. listening. I don't know how much. It. I don't know how much it takes to put in one of those zapper things, but it's probably not very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, what's, what's this one here? Uh, this next one's gonna be double coconut coffee. Uh, it is aged in maple bliss barrels. Uh, this one has roughly two pounds of coconut per gallon, a uh, pound of vanilla beans in there, and uh, Mosher coffee, which was 2020 Roaster of the Year. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, whoa. That's excellent. Um, I get a lot of coffee in the aroma, but the... then, man, when you, uh, when you taste it, it's... Is this the first one we did? No. No, no, no. Second. Okay. Second or third. I'm trying to remember. So we've got... We've got what two coffee beers? Two coffee. There's two with coffee in them. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember which coffee, which coffee one this was. This is wild. The difference between the aroma and the taste for me. How how crazy they they are next week. That's yeah. that's fun. Yeah, I had no idea it would hit like that. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> I think the I think the Moser coffee is like the the big difference on it because it is like one they're obviously an excellent roaster and two like the aromatics that you get off the coffee are awesome but like the the flavor. It just like it, it hits with that caramel, yeah, like caramel nougat, just like right off the bat, and then the aroma. Like I get, I just get like subtle coffee. I'm not getting like a huge blast of coffee in the face, but I think it, all of that works really well with the coconut. It's a, it's a unique coffee aroma too. Like it, yeah, I would agree with that. Like I don't know if I would immediately pick out coffee if somebody just put it in front of me. I think I you know. The, Go coconut or something yeah, like for that. for sure. But, well, because um, there's a lot of coconut. Yeah, there is. You, you, should, you shouldn't taste coconut. When you say coffee, now it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's that's what's kind of in there holding it all together. Is that, that man, this is good. Thank you. I want a, an air freshener in my car that smells like this. <laughs> um, so how many of these are hitting packaging? Oh, we should tell when uh, yeah. the date is, too, when, when all this is happening so people know. Yeah, it's uh, Saturday, 423. Uh, all seven variants will be in bottles. We will have, we don't know, we know the final numbers for most, uh, but it's somewhere around like a hundred-ish bottles. 
So limits? Very, yes. Limit be one per person. Yeah. One of each variant per person. Um, food truck will be open at seven. We'll have... Well, our doors will open at... Our, the back door will open at nine, so we can start doing sales at nine. Then once people get their bottles, they can go right up to the tap room. Tap room is also opening at nine. So if people want to show up at, uh, at 4 a.m. and line up again, then they're... <laughs> if somebody wants to show up at 4 a.m., go for it. Well, uh, again, like I think I said before Demogorgon Day, I will not be here at 4 a.m., but we... We'll plan be, on still getting here pretty early. Yeah, we'll be here early. And shout shout out to I believe it was Chris Walker who was the first in line for Demogorgon Day uh, at whatever time that was. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Before and anybody was here. Hopefully it's hopefully it's warm. Hopefully it's not rainy. Uh, but we'll we'll have a porta potty out there. So if somebody <laughs> needs it, you can you can go pee. You can leave line and go pee. You don't have to. Bring diapers. I think we'll also be handing out tickets at some point just so people yeah. do have their numbers and everything like that yeah. to where they can kind of go talk to other people and don't worry about like losing their spot in line. So let's talk about logistics of, of planning a release like this. Uh, you know, some places have moved into the online sales kind of thing where you either pre-order online right. or do the whole process online instead of showing up and buying bottles. Right. How do you guys figure out the best way to do releases like that for you? I mean, I think one of the things is like, I think, and I think we've talked about this. I think we talked about this during like the pandemic when we were talking about online sales and how everybody really liked it and how it was great. It is great, but Mm -hmm. the point of the tap room is for people to come here and experience experience it and have the beer on draft and like talk about the beer with their friends and the point of craft beer. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's like the 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 community aspect is is a is a huge is a huge part of it, and I think we've we've started or if not, we're almost back to that point where like. People are, are coming back to the, the tap room. Right. Um, and I, that's that's the point of doing not online. Because if you just buy all seven online and then you just come pick it up, like you're not interacting with anyone. You might not even interact with anyone besides the bartender who's handing it through your through your car window. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's one of those things where like we are trying to get back to that bringing people into the tap room thing. Uh, hopefully at this point everyone is is well, cool with doing that, but like, we're it's been two years. It's been yeah, a long time. Yeah, we should be good. Hopefully, we should be all right. Yeah. I mean, not again. Not that not that there aren't still people that are getting sick and stuff. But right. If you're vaccinated and you got your booster and all that, you guys, you're you're okay. Like, yeah, it's okay. And we'll have. I mean, like, if it's a nice day, we'll have the doors open and everything. Right. So it's not like it should be pretty open air in here. And if it's not, then we'll have the fan on downstairs. People can <laughs> move some air. It'll, It'll be, be all right. Yeah. Um, I think that you know that there's something about this craft beer culture that has shifted in the last few years when we start talking about people, maybe not the last few years probably isn't fair to say, uh, tr- people trading beer, people kind of almost collecting beer, hoarding beer. Um, it It's part of what makes a release like this fun, but is also that side of a release like this that I think some people are like, man, I... I hate seeing that, you know, you, you see people on, on whatever Facebook groups that are going to be, you know, selling bottles of this, you know, a month later for, you know, twice as much as they bought them for. And um, how do we feel about it? How do we feel about that culture? I'm okay with it because if that's happening, that means your, your brewery's value is going up. There are people coming to these releases, seeking these things out, and that makes your release sell out faster. And that brings just more money into our tap room. Also, I mean, the bottles are still selling through us, and we're getting our profit that we like we were looking for. Right. And I just, it's also cool as like, I started off as a trader and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like, and I was going to releases, and it's just kind of cool to see like my product getting out into other people's hands in different states, right. which I like to see. I, I, 
I'm always curious if, um, you know, sending it out there into the world like that uh, gets people excited or makes them nervous that now this product, who knows what, how it's being handled, what's going on. You've, you've got somebody that's how many states away and they're trying something from street side for the first time that maybe they got shipped and uh, it's definitely a valid point. Uh, I hope to hope people take care of this stuff as they're like shipping it, but that's on right. them at that point. It's a, it's a, it's a weird side to craft beer that I've never really dove into, but yeah, I never uh, knew about that. Like the beer trading thing, like, Oh yeah. The people that are into it are into it too, man. Yeah. It's a, uh, there's, it seems like there's no middle ground. It's either you're, you're obsessed with it. And, um, there's always that two sides of anything like that where, are people like, you know, comic books or old skateboards? Like I have a bunch of old skateboards. Like are people actually using the things or enjoying the thing? Or are they just like speculating and hoarding them and stuff? Like, yeah, but as I mean, long as someone's ultimately enjoying the beer, that's cool. What's happening? No, I, I don't know. I was trying to help you and you, you kind of. You, I didn't know if you were telling me to stop no, or what. No, I was trying to help. And you, this is the best part about podcasting, doing things that are visual and audio medium. All right, I'll take care of it in editing, right? Yeah. Well, I thought you said you didn't do that. That was the joke. No. <laughs> Which one is this? Uh, this will yeah. be Snowball, the barrel-aged version of Snowball. So it's going to be chocolate, toasted coconut, marshmallow. And it, to me, the coconut's kind of more mellow in this to where there's the big chocolate notes and then super big marshmallow. Is there a certain adjunct that you prefer to either drink or coconut. to brew with or I really do like toasted coconut. I used to hate coconut cause I thought it always was uh, like sunscreeny, but I, that's when I got into beer, like actually brewing, it's like, that's artificial. When you actually use real toasted coconut, it's a nice product that adds some body, adds just lots of flavor to your oh. beer. My God, that is good. <laughs> so that's the, we've, in cans, we've only released Snowball. So, like, everyone's had the base version of this. But I think, like, with the bourbon... Wait, what is it? What what barrel do we age it in? Is this-, uh, this is bourbon. Okay. This is bourbon barrel age. Um, probably should have had that list up here with me. Uh, in... Uh, I think the bourbon really, like, pumps up all the, like, nuanced flavors behind it. It's not just toasted coconut. It's not just marshmallow. It's not just chocolate. You get a whole it rounds out the beer really yeah, well for sure. it just helps it like and not be really too sweet also there's just definitely the, the bourbon in there kind of just rounds it out i like how it starts with that that big smooth chocolate and then kind of rolls into that uh coconut and then the uh, marshmallow and man oh, yeah that is that's fantastic that's good it's <laughs> it's funny because like i if somebody asked me like oh how do you feel about you know uh pastry stouts or um, kind of big adjuncted, you know, stouts. I'd be like, ah, they're, you know, they're, they're okay. Like it's yeah. not, not at all what I sit around thinking, you know what I want to drink tonight is a big sweet stout. Um, but every time I drink it, I just, I really, really, well, I shouldn't say every time. There are some that I have that I'm, that I'm not a huge fan of, not from you guys. Um, it's okay. You don't this have is, to lie. This <laughs> is good. No, I don't think I've ever had one from you guys that I didn't enjoy. I mean, I think one of the keys is like, it's, Pastry stouts are like the the definition of being immoderate in beer. But yeah. I think there's also like in a moderation to your immoderation when brewing it that right. you need to, that might be a good beer name. Don't steal that anyone. <laughs> um, but 
I think that's the that's the key when you're when you're making some of these. Like, if you get stupid with it, it'll taste stupid. It might still taste good, right. good in air quotes, but it it like if it's just dumb sweet and it's like you're you're drinking gloops of candy bars. I think that that can be where that can be where like that's the immoderate or that's immoderation like personified, right? Not personified. I don't know what the word for that is. That's a really good way to explain because I always try to explain (laughs) to people like what I like about our beer and it's because I never drank like fruity or pastry kind of beers before like and uh yeah it's perfect it's they hit the sweet spot it's it's hard to 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 have that restraint in pastry stouts it seems yeah maybe maybe it is maybe it's not maybe people just don't pay attention but I think it's also focusing on what you're putting in the beer like to the ingredients not going like like heavy to our artificial like sometimes you need artificial flavors to bump like a top note up but make basing the beer around something like real flavors like toasted coconut some dutch cocoa powder which we use stuff like that it helps make it not go overly sweet with some of the like artificial fl- like notes like that right. that's i think huge how do you guys come up with the ideas for the 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 variant flavors is it as simple as just walking down the candy aisle <laughs> uh, that's I've, an interesting combination we should try that Jeez. I've drank a lot of out-of-state cra- like barrel-aged stouts and right. used to travel to like all the festivals. And like I've tried a lot of things, and it's just like going like, oh, I had that beer. What happens if I mix that beer with this beer? What would I get? And then that's usually what I try to go for. Like it's like I'll try something and then blend think flavors together and see how it comes out. Do you do you blend flavors t- together like in some kind of? Uh... Uh, food sense like do you sit down with candy bars and be like all right let me try this one and this one in the same bite and see how they taste i have not done that yet but that's actually not a bad idea <laughs> i think some of it is also like when like over the weekend we were at a festival and we made like uh we made a specialty six barrel just for them and we kind of took a couple ideas from different from two different beers that we've done and then just kind of like smushed them together like we did toasted coconut and almond mind flare like we've done almond in some beers, we've done toasted coconut in some beers. I don't think we've put it together in anything. Uh, or if we did, it was it. I don't know. It wasn't frequent or wasn't recent enough right. that I, I remember off the top of my head. And I think it was a nice. It was a nice combination, and it was like a cool thing to do for some of our friends to be able to uh, make a unique beer just for their festival, and. I, I don't know that I'm not going to go and take that idea and apply it to something else in the future. You right. know what I mean? We've got, we've got a lot of barrels downstairs. I think, I think we're over, we're over hundred. Yeah. Over hundred. It might be 125, 130. We, we need a lot of ideas. Um, so when you, when you do decide to test something, are you just taking and, and using, um, like some kind of flavoring in like a, a base down and just seeing what it does? Or are you trusting that you, Usually pretty trusting. 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 Yeah, we, we have, I mean, mostly I th- trusting. <laughs> I usually think I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going into it, what I'm going to expect taste like. And it's just like spending time, like and making sure you order enough to where, say you don't hit it right away. You still have more to be able to put in there to bump it up and get the flavors that you're looking for. Right. It seems stressful to me. Like I, I, uh, I feel like John probably gets a lot more stress than I do. Well, th- yeah, this has definitely been, I mean, especially for like, barrel aged stouts are kind of what I think I'm good at. And like, so this day is a big day for me and I'm looking forward to seeing how people react to this beer. Trail mix or banana trail mix. Well, I can't remember what we call it on the label. Banana trail mix is this one. 
So this Sorry, one's going to be uh, <laughs> going to be granola, banana chips, and uh, Dutch cocoa powder. And this is something I've never. This is like I was just trying to think of things I've never done before, and I've never used granola in a beer. So I was like, let's see how this turns out. And I think it turned out well. I think you get big granola, nice like hints of banana in there, and the chocolate that's in all of them, kind of. And this one is also aged in maple bliss barrels. I definitely get the banana. But again, I don't know that I would have picked it out if you didn't tell me banana. Like it's um, the aroma of all of these is really unique and kind of a, a really cool blend of things that, um, again, I wouldn't be able to pick each one out separate. It becomes this really cool meld of. It's kind of like we wanted you to think like you're eating like Trail Store. You have all of that in your mouth to where like that's like the flavor that I kind of think you get. And that's why we came up with that name for it. Oh, ooh, oh, that's fun. <laughs> Again, uh, it starts very different than it ends for me. Like it kind of goes on this neat little journey. Something that I, I, I don't know that I like. I don't usually get that from pastry stouts. Um, we try to make them not so one noted. Like I want them to be there. I want people to be drinking them. And it's also as they warm up, they're going to hit different notes. Things will pop at different flavor. Uh, still different one banana is, is building. It's a journey. Wow. That's it is its journey. <laughs> no, you're being glib, but that this is like, this is that thing like that really hooked me on these pastry stouts. Like, cause yeah, there's like a sequence yeah. of like, yeah. And you don't get that often. Like I've tried, I haven't had drank as much beer as these guys, but like anytime I try something else, I, I it's really rare that you get that like variation. I feel like a lot of places it's like they're just walloping you over the head with some big flavor and, and, and hoping that you enjoy the, um, the sugar. Well, I think, I think there's room for that. I think there's room for that. I like, I don't think that like every beer has to be like a, a journey sure. as we're describing it. But like, I like, I'm trying to think like toasted coconut vanilla Demogorgon is like, that is, I mean, when we, the, the, the last, well, we've only done it twice, but I think those, that's like, you're getting hit with, you're getting hit with a lot of coconut and a lot of vanilla. And it's not like, there's not there's a still whole, a journey to that beer. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think it's just a shitload of coconut, but like, <laughs> that's why, that's what I like about that beer is just like, it's a dumb amount of coconut, but it's also a dumb amount of coconut that tastes really good. I think when I'm drinking a bigger beer like these, I think I do want it to, to, I want to spend more time with it. I don't sure. want it to be a beer that's yeah. just this one note because then it, it drinking it quicker and I'm like, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's not, they're not uh, conducive to each other. I, I want a beer that I can sit with all day. You say you, you don't want to crush 16 ounces. I mean, of some, a 15% days, beer. some days I do. Some days I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you haven't met my children. <laughs> this is you make daddy drink. This is going to be, this is on the internet forever. This I is know. never going away. I, They're going to listen to all I these. I call them terrorists. Like it's wow. terrible. They're gonna, they're <laughs> to gonna, their face? No, on this. And like, I know they're going to listen to it. So i be like, dad, you, you told me you never said anything bad about me. <laughs> oh man. They're going to have so many issues because of me. Sorry, right. They'll also need be fine. large stouts. <laughs> I have to drink so I can deal with all the feelings that my dad gave me. Uh, <laughs> Phrasing. That was weird. Yeah, well. That, that, that's also getting taken out in post. <laughs> <laughs> fix that in, in, in post. And I'll go back and I'll re-edit a lot of shows in like 20 years. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's... Uh, uh, I, I, I really like this one. I think... Um, uh, it is 
it's it's very different than the other ones for me so far. It's for it's sure. kind of more more subtle. Um, not that it's a subtle beer, but more subtle than the other ones. Um, the other ones were definitely more in your face pastry. This one's more just kind of, I think, I wouldn't say traditional stout, but like there's notes of there in there. And I think it also has tons of barrel in there also at the end. I mean, it hits you with, which is nice. Yeah, it's, I think it's hard to uh, leave room for barrel character in some of uh, these, these beers because there is such a, a big kind of personality to them. It's hard right. to let that, that also shine, but um, you guys are done really well with it. It was nice. I mean, it was also nice. We got we got to use uh, the. I mean, we really we got to get nice barrels for this. I mean, the new riff is obviously right across the river. It's easy for us to get to, but I I specifically like went out of my way to ask for some specific well, unique barrels to see if they had them, and they did, and they were they were nice enough to to sell them to us. So it was it it's, was one of those things where sometimes you sometimes you just get. You're at the mercy of whatever. Yeah. yeah. But and when when you can go there, you can you can spend you can you're willing to spend a little bit more money on something that's a little bit different. Then that's when that's when sometimes you get some unique characters. And we've developed the relationship with them. Right. And like the next one we're trying is the uh, vanilla rye one. And it, they gave us one of their their uh, what is it uh, Babel Babel rye barrels, in which to me it's one of the best ryes out there that you can get. So Balboa is a. A kind of rye, like a, a species or something. Yeah, like a, like a from what I understand, it's, yeah, it's a, and I believe it's grown in Indiana, so it's kind of like it's a very local beer. I, I hope, I hope I'm not getting that wrong, but I believe what um, I think you are correct. I, I think, yeah, like I when we were talking about the barrels last year when we were buying them, uh, the new Riff employee that sold it to me was like, yeah, this is. Pretty unique. I think I remember when uh, when they first announced the the bottles of the rye. I think I remember reading something yeah. similar to that. And that might be where I got it too. I may right. have just read it as opposed to somebody telling me. And this one just went into the tank today, so it's not carved yet, or, and it's probably a little warmer than it should be. But Sorry. just wanted to give you an idea yeah. of what it's going to be. Right. And this one we went <laughs> in with three pounds of uh, vanilla per forty five gallons, <laughs> which. Maybe I don't have any kind of. Um, I don't really either. Let's so when I first started off in craft in beer, uh, we would use uh, five ounces for forty-five gallons. Okay, so that's way, 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 way more. Right. So I, I think it, like when the other day when I tried it out of the barrel, I was getting like frosting notes in there with marshmallow. So I'm very excited to try it because first time having it since it came out. Yeah, frosting is a good way to put it. And I mean, there's a bunch of rye. Like, I mean, there's heavy rye notes in there from that Balboa rye. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Again, the aroma is so different than it tastes. Um, it really does smell like, uh, like you said, frosting. But then when you taste it, uh, that, that barrel pops. Oh, yeah. really it's, good for me. And then it just kind of ends smooth and, and creamy. Wow. That might be my favorite one so far. Uh, the, uh, the aroma makes me think it's going to be very one note, very, uh, um, simple is not the right way to put it, but, um, yeah, it, it, it tastes way different than it, than it smells. That's good. That's fun. Um, yeah. How many more here? I'm trying to pace. Two, two more. To, okay. We're doing perfect. Um, you guys changing topics a little bit, uh, when I pulled up, I saw some construction going on. Have you guys talked about that at all yet? 
yeah, like two years ago, we <laughs> talked about. <laughs> well, you talked uh, about a lot two years ago. Then something um, happened. I can't remember. What, COVID, I think we may have talked about it on the on the uh, show that we did for socially influenced, right? Because um, they were just either they had started, I don't think uh, tearing everything down, or it was about to start. But yeah, they when when did we make that beer? Oh, it's first week of December. I I think time that, doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they so it's a we're building a patio. Um, it's almost done. It won't be done by next week, but it's, it's progressing that way. Uh, we think our goal is to have it open June 1st. Uh, it'll have 50 or 60 seats, 10, 10 to 12 bar seats, a bar out there, more restrooms for everyone who complains about the amount of restrooms that we have. Um, and we're going to be, we'll like move the food. Well, we're moving the food truck down below it. So it's going to be like kind of a, we're talking about putting some tables down by the food truck. So it'll be like a kind of little out whole outdoor area with the right. food truck and the outdoor seating and the, everything that's what what's being built. Um, if you haven't been here recently, it's actually kind of cool. I, I knew what the plans were supposed to look like, but I haven't, I, it, it, it looks cool. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's, uh, it's reminiscent of a lot of, I mean, a lot of outdoor patios that we've seen, but I mean, we were trying to, we're trying to make it look nice, trying to make it a nice place for everyone to sit. Um, Expand. I mean, the the biggest problem that we've had is not enough patio space since right. day one, basically. So um, having that extra fifty seats out there should make it a little bit a little bit nicer for big days like right next weekend. Right. It uh, um, as soon as we start hitting this time of year, like that's that's all I want to do is sit outside. I yeah. Think. Especially you know today we finally have a nice day again yeah. after. Uh, I don't know what the weather was like here this weekend because I was in West Virginia. But we left, and there were like two inches of snow on the ground, and it was cold, and yeah. it was like it, yeah. was just, it was miserable. Yeah. And so now that I finally have some sunshine again, I just want to sit outside and um, enjoy it. And that doesn't stop until we start hitting the fall. Right. Then, exactly. So any place that can add more of an opportunity for me to do yeah. that, I'm all about. Well, and we'll have heaters out there too, so it'll be it'll be three and a half seasons. Hopefully, right. Try to get as much use out of it as we can because. Well, one, we, we built it, so. Right. Well, I mean, but it's also, you know, it, it does, not that you guys have a small tap room. No, there, but there I mean. There are other places, yeah. you know, I, uh, I know Municipal over in Hamilton struggles with this a lot. Their outdoor space is just so perfect. Yeah. And then <clears throat> their tap room is a little little tiny. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, like, yeah. it, it does change kind of the experience of what that place is when you are uh, forced into a indoor smaller space that uh, maybe isn't as... Uh, expansive. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Not not that you guys have a small tap room. There's plenty of space in here. If people want to. I mean, on, it's, nice. it's not nice outside. There are days though that it feels. I mean, like, I for anyone who is a Demogorgon day, you know, you know what this place right. can feel like when it's when it's that busy. Or I mean, anniversary parties feel tight, and that's even with the entire parking lot being used as as event space. I mean, it's it can be it can but, be tight. It can be it can be. A little, a little sweaty in here. It, sometimes. it changes the experience too. Like it becomes, it becomes a little louder, a little more chaotic. It's yeah. like you know, I'm not, I'm not bringing my, my, my wife or something to to a tap room when it's chaotic like that because right. she's not going to enjoy herself. Right. You know, right. but if we can sit outside, yeah. Now that whole thing changes. Yeah. Hopefully, it smooths that kind of stuff out a little yeah. bit. Uh, I'm excited. If anybody hasn't been here to eat either, uh, that Black Dog Grill is amazing. Um, the, uh, Cincinnati chili ketchup that they make is, uh, I think, 
I think that's still on the. I hope it's still. You know it is. Okay. Uh, okay so Andy just. Andy <laughs> if just it's not, sorry. Redesign the layout. No, but the uh, they did. We just did a, a menu change, kind of like just turn it over a little bit. Right. Uh, but a lot of the the favorites are still on there, I believe. Uh, and then the brunch is more robust. So more robust. Yeah, there's more menu items, I believe. So, so just a more expansive brunch, not like yeah. bigger brunch items. Correct. <laughs> I think they are also bigger, but Tom it's also steak. It's literally a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, about let's look into the future a little bit, if that's possible. Now that we are um, quote unquote coming out of COVID, um, again quote unquote coming out of COVID. But don't send me your emails. I get it. Um, how does that, how does that help you guys finally, um, maybe look a little further down the road than you, you might've been before? Um, I mean, I think, I think we can, a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now is stuff that we were, that were, they were plans from 2019 going into 2020 and they've just kind of expanded into, it was put on hold a little yeah. bit and then, um, I mean, I think the event stuff that we have going on, I, even like even adding barrels is one of those things that like, not that we couldn't do barrel releases in 2020 and 2021, but like you couldn't have the event like we could now. Like we've got, um, we've got a collab with Pontoon. Uh, we've got a collab with Whiskey Hill. Uh, we've got, what else do we have in barrels? More. We've got more. I, I think those, I think those. More is the name of a brewery. More is the name <laughs> of the brewery. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think. I think with those those barrels, I think those will be big events. I would expect them to be big events, even if they're not a day. Right. Uh, I think that that will be stuff like that. We can build on more. Sorry, uh, <laughs> we can build on on <laughs> top like of everything that's already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can build on top of what we've already. We what we do with Speak of the Devil, what we do with Demogorgon, but just to a smaller level. We're not going to do seven variants. Maybe we'll do two variants in a can or whatever we do. Um, but well, it almost like it rewards those people that are uh, regulars here. It's like if if you know you you spend your your weekends hanging out here, there you may get that chance then to uh, have just a, a random weekend where there's something really crazy being released that isn't blown up in the same way that a Demogorgon Day or a Speak of the Devil Day. Like it, it, yeah, it for sure gives gives you a little more um, uh, a little more of a reason to spend more time here. Yeah, I think I think it's just like were our goals for this year were to expand the events and the stuff that we're doing. Uh, so we're doing, I mean, we've done more like charcuterie classes, all those, all those like community events to all bring those pictures people. of those charcuterie classes. Yeah. So like, awesome. yeah. So like it, stuff like that, we haven't been able to do in a long time or do it at on a large level because it's you you couldn't have a lot of people in the tap room you could right. have a lot of people a lot of strangers sitting close now we can I mean, we've got an event this weekend we've got a fat bands pop-up that we we didn't do throughout the entire 20 and 2020 and 2021 now we're doing it again right um we've done it twice this year i don't know basically those pop-ups are up to him whenever he wants to do them but like we didn't do them for two years and now we're starting to do them again we're starting to do those pop-ups starting to do those markets starting to do all that stuff all these things that we couldn't do we're bringing back uh, the stuff that made people come here before the pandemic are now are now back. Being more comfortable just 
asking people to come into the tap yeah, room. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, one of, the, one of the big things that I remember the first, we did a release the first week of the pandemic. And we were like, it's outside. Everything was outside. And we got shit on. Right. Uh, and it was, I mean, it, it sucked, but like we didn't know. At that point, nobody knew what the deal was. Right. You know? And it wasn't like it was, it wasn't purposefully, it was a, it was a Crowler release. It was a one hit wonder Crowler release. And it was, it was a new one. So more people showed up than we thought. I mean, we had a line down the street and right. we had some not nice comments about that situation. But like looking back, I would have taken it more seriously. Right. But that first weekend, what, what that you, first weekend, I know. I had what, no yeah, idea. And what, what could you have done right. differently? Like you don't, you don't, number one, you don't know how many people are going to show up to, you know, sometimes you release a crowd like that and nobody cares. Sometimes you release it and people line up down the street for it. It's um, that magic. Sometimes is hard to predict of uh, an event or uh, sure. a beer or, you know, anything. So there's you know, sometimes it just things happen the way they do. Yeah. Uh, which one is this? Uh, this is going to be the s'mores aged in uh, maple bliss barrels. So chocolate, graham cracker, marshmallow. And I think if you smell it, it I mean, it smells like a s'mores. Yeah, I definitely get graham cracker and uh, the, uh, I guess that's the marshmallow. Another thing John chocolate. loves is marshmallow. I do love me some marshmallow. <laughs> it's, uh, so how, how do you add marshmallow to a beer? Is it like a, like a fluff? Uh, there's a company that makes something like uh, a concentrate. Okay. And I, fa- I found it a long time ago. And it's concentrated marshmallow. That sounds messy. Uh, it, <laughs> it can be tough to deal it's with. Less mar- you know? It's less messy than, than like 700 barrels of fluff. So <laughs> I used to actually get marshmallows, melt them down, make them into a liquid themselves and try right. to add that in. And that was... You know that scene at the end of Ghostbusters where there's yeah. marshmallow all over everything? It's all I can picture. Just dripping off the brew deck. Wait, wait. Oh. Another home run. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. It's Appreciate. like we know what we're doing. It's like you guys finally <laughs> figured this beer thing out. Um, it's my favorite thing. To, it's my favorite thing to tell people downstairs. It's like I know what I'm doing or something. But I, you know, what is that though? That like I'm still when I try a new beer, like there is a side of me that's still hesitant. Like uh, this is my expectations still aren't because there's still. I mean, there's because there's still a lot, a uh, lot of beers out there that aren't good. You know right. what I mean? That's the yeah. thing. Like you, you could be trying it if you don't know if you don't know the person who makes the beer. If you're just getting a random. A random four pack from Missouri. Sometimes even if you are, do yeah. you know the person that's making it's, the beer? I mean, and not and like I've said this a thousand times, but like not every beer we make is like an absolute killer. But there's I, trial and error, man. Like, yeah, there's some, sometimes happens. you mess things up, and it's yeah. just you learn from there and go on and you grow and become a better brewer from that. I mean, I think we talked about it with last time you were here. I think I even mentioned something that I was like, I don't think we put out the best version of this. We thought it was great and it came out and it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Right. That happens sometimes. I think that happens to everyone, which is why I would like, I'm still hesitant whenever I try a beer. I mean, we were, we just tried a bunch of beers this weekend and there was, there was a, a Pilsner from a place in wherever, but I don't remember what state it's from. So that's, it's good that I don't remember. Might have uh, West Virginia. I can. No, not West Virginia. Stories. But it was, I mean, it had diacetyl. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah, we'll say it's like a world-class brewery. Too. Yeah. You would think it, I mean, you'd think it'd be killer. And it, right. it, 
it wasn't it wasn't right and whatever it is what it is but like it definitely like sometimes that shit happens yeah especially you know there are there are some places that do do one thing really well and then when they try to branch out it's makes it even more disappointing when it doesn't it's not you know flawless like you're expecting yeah i mean so like we have a mexican lager in the tank like it makes me endlessly nervous because we don't do them right i mean we've made five or six loggers in six years I mean, right. logger a year it's a banger I and mean, that's what i mean that's what john says but we'll see it ha- it's still in the fermenter uh, it's just like one of those things where you don't you have no idea really until you get it out of the tank and it's packaged and you and people start drinking it to see what they think right uh, we might like it and everyone else might hate it are there that things happens. are there things that 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 uh, happened with it like you, yeah i mean you I, absolutely of, loved and everybody was like oh, we don't want this <laughs> one of the ones um uh, the pink guava lassie goza like one of my favorite beers we make but it's not everyone's it's not everyone's thing right and i think part of it is like i really like gozas um but it's the right. salt salt and coriander are not everyone's thing right so but it goza is one of those styles though too that i think so many people have a different opinion on what it goes as supposed to taste like. Right. That people are coming into it with very different expectations of what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, there are some styles that I think um, lend themselves to more people possibly being disappointed by it because they have something in their head. I saved uh, this one for last on purpose. I was, I was wondering why you say, I was like, why are you being so like <laughs> strict on what we drink? Got you, man. Now I get it. And you will too when you drink it. Ooh. Person listening to this and gnarly gnome. Are we still? Are we still? Are, is this? Are we still being anonymous with you? Sort I of. No, okay. I mean, not really. But <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, sort of. It's more fun that way. I think. It's also it's it's funny to me that there are still like lots of people that don't know my actual name, but only know me that's as true. gnome, and then yeah, they that's true. then they don't know how to like talk to me like in public if they see me out somewhere like with yeah. you know, my, my wife or something yeah. they, they, they know him <laughs> <laughs> which is all right guys isn't it? Here, i'm gonna you want more no, he hasn't got any. oh i thought you got i'm glad i didn't dump it out like i was going to <laughs> i'm trying to declutter this table hey at the end of this you have to drink this giant fucking pitcher <laughs> fucking take it to the face Would either be really delicious or uh, I think it'd be I bet it would be chaos better than you would think, but I bet it's still it's a lot of different flavors. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, a lot of them would be. Yeah. So this is going to be um, maple bourbon barrel aged stout Whoa. with maple syrup and Moster coffee. Huh. <laughs> Pretty good. Even though I haven't tried it. Wow. I mean, I get like pancakes and coffee. For my, that's how I see it. Whoa. Oh, that coffee throws me for a loop. That's fun. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Appreciate it. I'm just throwing stuff away. Yeah, I found I've, so I drank a lot of beers with Moster Coffee, and I wasn't the biggest uh, fan of coffee beers back then. And then I started trying some of their coffee stouts, and I like the people that use their coffee beans. I was just like, "Oh wow, this is what every coffee bean should aspire to be like." It just inspired me, like it, 
just gives so many different notes. And it's not just, it's not like roasty bitter. It's full flavored. You get some like nuances of roast, but it's not, it's not bitter or anything like that. I get like there is like a, maybe it's the, the booziness or something that's giving it like this, this real good, like, um, uh, strong coffee kind yeah. of uh, like I like it reminds me of like you know it's it's the morning after having a really really rough night yeah. and you you go to some shitty you know diner and you're getting big greasy plate of something and just the strongest darkest kind of coffee that you've come up with like this is what that reminds me of is that experience like it's um, yeah that's not what wow. I expected no, that's, that's that's pretty amazing that's a that's a crazy beer. This is I. This leans more into kind of the, um, the the non pastry kind of right. uh, stout world. Yeah, I tried. I mean, I didn't go over the top maple or anything like that. Just like subtle hints. I just added because these are were they were in maple barrels. Added a touch more maple just to like sweeten a little bit. But then because I knew there was gonna be so much, there's I put a decent amount of coffee in there. I wanted it all to round each other out. I love that. That's mm. that's fun. Um, big picture craft beer in uh, maybe in Cincinnati, maybe in the, the the bigger craft beer world right now. What gets you guys excited? What are you uh, what are you watching that you just can't understand? Is there uh, anything that pops out at you? Uh, what I'm just loving is the fact that loggers are becoming more like wanted in places, right? Because before we'd you brew loggers and people were like, oh, we want to brew lo- we want you dr- want to drink some loggers. And they would just sit around, right. which I mean, loggers can sit for a while. It's, it's fine. It's kind of what they do. But it's, they, they just wouldn't move to where it didn't make sense because loggers do take a lot of tank time and tank time is money. They so, should take a lot of tank time. Right. And it's just trying to, uh, I'm actually people are now more so drinking them and wanting different styles. So it makes me excited to brew different things and learn more about, because I definitely would say I was more of like the new age brewer, like to where New England's pastry styles still from where I worked at before, brewed a lot of lagers and stuff like that. But like now creating my own recipes for lagers, something I'm excited to see. And just the portfolio of beer being drank is getting more well-rounded these days, I feel like. That's true. Like it, you know, especially here in Cincinnati, like I feel like you can walk into almost any tap room and whatever your thing is, you're going to find something there that makes you happy. And that wasn't always the case. Right. There were, there were, some places that were very limited in what they were doing and doing well. Um, and I, I assume that that's the way it is in most kind of bigger cities like Cincinnati. I feel like um, I don't get to get out there as much as I want to, but. I, mean, I feel beer, beer in general has just gotten better over the last five years. I mean, you used to have just like so many, just like, like there'd be like five or six hyperies in the, in the United States, but yeah. now each city has that each that. And so where beer just in general is just getting better and better, which is cool to see just because, that's what I mean. We do, and it just—it's nice to see all that happening. What about for you guys? Is there anything that jumps out that gets you excited about beer lately? Or I don't know. Anymore, I only drink our beer. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you have? What do you? Everybody, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I, yeah. I live okay. day to day anymore. Like, <laughs> what's what's in your? We stack up. We stack me up with work. I don't really get to like. What's in your beer fridge at home right now? Oh, geez. Uh, actually, I still have uh, the first vanilla Demogorgon in there. The first vanilla Demogorgon? <laughs> like the one, that was two years ago. Yeah. I mean, that was almost dead ass two years ago. Yeah. It's uh, good. At least you kept it refrigerated. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got. It's I've, aging gracefully. I've got some stouts piled up. Um, 
what else? Anything we have. My middle, the middle of my fridge is beer. Right. But it, but it's all our beer. I've um, I've teased I, doing a series that uh, I just take a video camera and show up at different people's house, knocking on their door, like, man, I, can I come in? I got to see your beer fridge, and just straight to see what they have in there. I think it'd be really fascinating with some people. <laughs> you should do it's that white claw. <laughs> you should do some. You should do some brewers and see what it looks yeah. like because I yeah. bet it's a lot of not either loggers or not beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to I, show up unannounced though, so they don't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, I have right now in my fridge. I only have one fridge. Uh, I have two sway, <laughs> and that's it. I think, yeah. and I had a bottle of wine. That was it. That's all I had. Um, I don't drink much at home. Um, what I'm excited about here, anywhere. Oh, I'm. I may give you a little. Okay. Little one. One of each here, probably. Uh, speaking of the devil day what we're talking about uh, uh. I, I think the patio is going to be really cool I think it's going to be a nice a nice uh, a nice place to sit and relax and drink some beer and uh, we're trying to we're right now we're brewing a lot of beers that are patio patio beers right. um, trying to prepare for everyone the grand opening uh, got the colch in the tank or putting a colch in the tank we've got the lager of the tank. We've got a uh, bunch of sour, kettle sours coming out. Um, some ones that some some that we haven't done, some that we have done. Uh, glitter freeze, which we never do. We only do in August, and we're doing it right now because I want people to be able to drink it on the patio when sure. when we when we open. Um, in the industry, we've got this new all these new genetically modified yeasts that we're really excited about. That's true. Um, we did one, we put one by Merchant, uh, the last one, last one. Yeah. Uh, we were really excited about, I just got an email about another one. Uh, and I think, I think that's going to be, that'll be the new, the new thing coming in the, in the next year or so is these genetically modified yeasts that there's a lot for new England's coming out. That is going to bump up just the fruity esters in there to where like you don't need to necessarily put fruit into right. there to where yeah. you're getting like these huge crazy notes even to where there is some like right now but like i think it's about to pop off real hard right well, now and then aren't there some that like uh will put out like lactobacillus yeah of, so you know, yeah, yeah so that's that one's been a uh that's that's sour visia yeah so, so that, that one's been around for a minute uh i know uh we used it on uh the bramari collab yeah the bramari collab um uh, I still prefer lacto, but right. I think it's I think it's a good tool. It's, a, it's, it's a also good, like a, a move to show that this is possible. Yeah, how for can sure. That develop yeah. over time. I think and, I think that's pretty cool. I think I just got an email about uh, one of the companies is doing uh, a thialized West Coast style, uh, like a Chico that will produce styles, which is like that's what we're talking about with these with these New England yeast. So and it puts it's, off more of like the fruity kind yeah, of Yeah, you're stuff. getting a lot of like pink guava and citrus as opposed to like just like with typical West Coast ale right. yeast, it's just like a clean clean fermentation. Yeah, clean fermentation. Right. You don't you're not getting really any Pink-esters, flavor from it. Yeah. I think it's a I think that's a one, it's gonna it might entice some more brewers to brew West Coast styles if you can play around with it a little bit more as opposed to only having this clean fermentation that doesn't do anything other than make a clean beer uh, or a clean ester profile. Uh, You might just get people that are a little bit more interested in in doing something like that 
because they can play around with it a little bit more. And it also probably bring people back to drinking <laughs> West Coast. So that's For always sure. a nice thing yeah. too, because because it'll be it'll be more like your New England that you're drinking. Right. Still, still have that bitterness. Still have that pininess, but it'll have. Does it just blur the line though even more in IPA of what you're getting? I think so, but a little bit. But like you're still gonna. I mean, like maybe people will start to like. We could use it in Alpha, which is like not a super bitter IPA, but it'll give you those fruity flavors. But I think what it'll do is it might blur it a little bit, but you're still going to get, no one's going to really do a West Coast IPA with zero bitterness because at that point, you just might as well do it in New, a New yeah. England. Right. Uh, what about non-alcoholic beer? Have you guys talked I, about it at all? Are you <laughs> curious no. about what's going on with it? No, well, I'll let, we'll let Matt do that. They're, uh, Braxton's doing a non-alcoholic garage beer too. Correct. Yeah. I, and Southern Grist just entered the state and they've got their, they've got, I think three non-alcoholic options. It's interesting, but it's just like, it's a, it's, I, from what I understand, it's a lot of work. Especially for, done right. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a lot of work and it's just like one of those things where I don't want to screw it up. One. Uh, really? And two, it's, I mean, we're so busy just brewing what we know yeah. and doing things like just I mean, keeping on that. It's one of the reasons that we haven't done seltzer. Right. Is because it's just, it's something that I don't. I don't know how to do. I wish we had video for John's face. (laughs) We could never do seltzer, and I'm fine with that. (laughs) Well, there's, I mean, there's plenty of options for people that want to drink seltzer. That's their thing. And I mean, we've got, we've got one. Same way spirits, you know, you guys, you guys aren't a distillery. You you could be, but why, why spread yourself out into other things if you do what you do well? Uh, uh, The reason I asked about non-alcoholic beers, because I'm curious, you talk about that genetically modified yeast kind of stuff like i'm that's what i'm waiting for is a yeast that just doesn't produce alcohol but still makes a beer that tastes like beer i think if if that were to come out that i think you'll see more people invest in non-alcoholic but i think until until somebody does that i don't think that that's going to be you're just people breweries like us making under three thousand four thousand barrels a year you're not going to see them do it just because right. I think it's a, it's a, it's a waste of tank. It's not a waste of tank space. That's not the right way to say it, but it's just like our tank time's too important for like what we need to just to keep out with what our regulars need and like yeah. keeping up with demand yeah, of I mean, like our sa- for yeah. our sales team. I mean, like with we've brewed saw, I mean, we haven't not had saw in the tank for last six months. Ba- yeah. Basically. I mean, yeah. Right. So, I mean, to take that away, to take that tank space away and not brew saw would be, uh, would be bad. Wouldn't right. be wouldn't be the right business decision. So, Especially if you told the people that are uh, drinkers that, hey, I'm sorry, we don't have it. Right. But we have this non-alcoholic <laughs> exactly. beer for exactly. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm excited to see this place keep growing and evolving. I think that uh, the patio edition is going to change the personality of this place a lot in a very good way. I think it's, uh, especially in this neighborhood, I think people are going to flock to it and they're, um, they're definitely ready for some outdoor drinking. For sure. <laughs> so I'm excited to see um, how you guys keep progressing and keep keep changing while uh, trying to stay who you are. That's, sure. that's a hard thing to do, a hard balance. And um, uh, I'm, it's it's fun to watch. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to see what this place has become as a, uh, as a Cincinnati beer drinker. So uh, keep up the good work. For anybody that uh, uh, is wondering, um, once again, you can come out for Speak of the Devil Day. If you've never been here and never tried what this place is about i think that's probably a really fun day to do it because um it 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 showcases the the community side of what gives street side um uh, personality so um come out uh the 
third. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking at the weather. April twenty third. Um, if you're listening to this after, uh, mark it on your calendar for next year. Just mark off the whole month of like April. <laughs> It'll be sometime in there, and uh, and you can uh, you can come for that. So. Uh, thank you guys for for making a few uh, minutes to sit down and talk to me. I know it's a, a busy day for you guys and a, a a busy month for you guys trying to prep for all of this. So I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your time to sit down with me. We appreciate having you out. Thanks, everybody. Uh, subscribe, share with your friends. You know the routine. Uh, if you want to support monetarily, just go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support and um, and makes my wife very happy. So uh, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. I don't know who's on next week because I have my calendar in front of me, but it's going to be awesome. So uh, make sure you listen. Um, and if uh, if you if you don't know about the YouTube channel, you should probably check that out too. TheGnarlyGnome.com slash YouTube. Um, just anywhere. Just Google The Gnarly Gnome and anything that pops up is probably good. <laughs> it's Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>